0: Hello and welcome to episode number 16 of the beauty business podcast and today we're talking about how to come up with the perfect beauty salon name or any other type of health and beauty business name for that matter. This is the show for the health and beauty industry particularly you independents out there. I'm here to connect you to the people, the tools, the tips and advice to help you get your hair, health and beauty business to where you want it to be. My name is Adam Chatterley. I'm your host and I'm on a mission to help mobile therapists, nail technicians, home salons and independent salons and spas to reach their business goals through simple practical and focused business advice ideas and tips i make it a point to not only tell you what to do but as far as i can in a 40 minute podcast episode how to get the results too we're all about the foundations of building an incredible profitable and stress-free beauty business i firmly believe that if you have the right business foundations in place then running a beauty business can be fun and not fraught Now, I'm always asking, usually at the end of an episode, for you to leave me an iTunes review if you found help or value in an episode. Now we're properly underway with season two of the podcast, I'm starting to see some new reviews, so I thought I'd share a couple. Now, in a recent one from the UK, Lisa Spacey says, "'Adam's podcasts are not only full to the brim "'with really useful and applicable tools "'to increase loyalty and revenue, "'but are so easy to digest.' Combined with his warm and humorous bedside manner, I found these last 20 minutes a great investment of my time and I'm eager to hear the next episode. Thank you, Adam, for sharing so generously. Well, thank you, Lisa, for taking your time to leave me a review and for making it such a lovely one. Now, I actually get most of my podcast listens from over the pond in the US and I'm not sure if you know this, but iTunes only shows you reviews from your own country unless you go looking. So the other day, I checked out the podcast on the US iTunes store and there was this review from Beauty Gal NY, which I absolutely adore for a couple of reasons. Beauty Gal NY says, This podcast is excellent. I'm a beauty salon owner with a small team and I'm always looking for great advice, ideas and way to grow my business and save time. I don't have a lot of time on my hands with two kids at home as well as the business to run. So the podcast format is fantastic. Plus, with his lovely Northern British accent, it's like listening to someone from Game of Thrones telling me how to improve my business. Time very well spent, if you ask me. Well, thank you, beauty gal NY. You detected my subtle Northern accent then. Well, I'm glad you like the podcast and you find it useful. Not sure I'm quite Kit Harrington or Sean Bean, but I'm very pleased you like my accent. Now, these lovely reviews really make it worthwhile putting this show together and I love that I'm helping you beauty business owners and managers out there to build and grow your business. Now you know you must be doing something right when people email you and actually request you to turn one of your written articles into a podcast episode. Now one of my most visited articles on my main website over at salonbusinesssecrets.com is all about how to come up with the perfect name for your beauty business. Now, I wrote this a couple of years ago now, and every month it's by far the most popular page on my website and the most popular article I've ever written. Well, I've received a few emails now asking me to update the article to see if there's any new information to consider and, if possible, to turn it into a podcast episode so it's easier to consume and work through. Well, this podcast is to help you, so that's exactly what I've done. So let's get on with today's show. Now, whether you're just starting out as an independent, opening your first salon, or if you've been in business for a while, looking to rebrand an existing salon business, or you're expanding to open a new branch, the name you choose for your health and beauty business is extremely important. It's not necessarily going to be the thing that makes your salon a success or a failure, but it's the thing you will be known for. It's the thing you want people to talk about. It'll be the first thing that a prospective client knows about you, And if all goes well, you'll be living with this name for a long time. But where do you start? What makes a good salon name for that matter? And what makes a bad salon name? What things should you consider when thinking up possibilities? Oh, so many questions. Well, don't worry, sit down, grab a cup of tea or coffee or water or a good G&T and keep listening as I walk through the whole process. Now, in this episode, I'll take you through what things you need to bear in mind when coming up with possible names for your beauty salon or your beauty business and there are a few more things than you might think. I'll also talk about how to come up with great ideas if you're struggling. I'll talk about how to get feedback on your ideas and the problems with getting feedback. And finally, I'll explain how to make that final decision using my salon business name evaluator. Now, I've designed this episode to be listened to several times. I see people first listening to the episode all the way through to get an overview so they know what things are involved. Then to action some of the items within the first part of the podcast and then to download the business name evaluator and to listen through for a second time whilst working through and filling in said evaluator. Hope all that makes sense. But first a quick word about business names. Now more than anything I don't want you to let your business name hold you back. No matter what name you choose for your salon, it probably isn't going to feel instantly comfortable. Chances are that you're still going to have some niggling doubts in the back of your mind. Was there a better name or should I have gone with a different option? However, if you follow the process in this episode, you will end up with a great name that's right for your salon business right now. Now next, names can take a bit of getting used to, so give yourself time to grow into your new name. It's going to feel strange to start with. Anything new always does. But over time, it'll begin to feel like it was always the obvious choice. And how could you possibly have thought of choosing anything else? And finally, even if after you've been through the whole process, you may still have some doubts about the name. My advice, just run with it. It's always more important to get going, to start making progress than waiting until you're 100% positive about a name. Sure, a name is important. That's why I've created this episode and the Salon Business Name Evaluator as a resource and these will get you off to an amazing start. It will ensure you haven't overlooked anything but at the end of the day, it's by no means set in stone. It might be that down the line, you decide to change your name or to rebrand but there could be any number of reasons for this so don't let it hold you back from getting started today. Okay, so let's get going with finding your new business name. Now, option one, there are a number of great branding and naming agencies out there who'll charge you anything between $5,000 and $80,000 to help you come up with a name for your business. Oh, don't have that kind of cash lag about? Okay, well, then let's move on to option two, which is the rest of this episode. Now, let's talk about coming up with ideas. Now, if you've been dreaming of starting your own salon for some time, then the chances are you've been calling it something in your mind already. You may already have an idea for a name, or many ideas, or no ideas at all. In any case, it's worth having a list of options to compare with one another to help you make sure you choose the right one. Now, sometimes when trying to think of names, you get caught up in a certain mode or a mindset. If you're anything like me, ideas don't just flow out like turning on a tap. In fact, the most surefire way to get my creative brain to shut down is to actually ask me to be creative. Nothing. I need something, some inspiration or a jumping off point to help shake some ideas loose first. So if you're stuck for ideas, here are a few suggestions to get you going. Ideas and thoughts Probably come to you at the strangest of times. I know they do me. In the shower, on the loo, queuing for a bus, in the supermarket. Make sure you always have a place to record your ideas for names, whether it's on your phone, in a notebook, on the back of your hand. Just make sure it's always close by so you don't lose what might turn into a great idea for a name. And please remember where you're recording your names. My suggestion would be to have a note on your phone called Business Name Ideas, or a specific page in your notebook or your diary or put all your ideas in one place. That way, when you come to sit down and make a decision, you're not gonna have to remember all the places and scraps of paper you jotted everything down on. Now, a great way to get those creative juices flowing is to brainstorm ideas. If you're rebranding or expanding and or you already have a team in place, then get everyone together and start throwing ideas around and write them all down. This works really well as what one person says might not be quite what you're looking for, but it could spark genius in another. If you are just starting out and you don't have a team yet, then get your friends and family and maybe any existing clients together for some drinks. and Do the same thing. Sure, you'll get some ridiculous suggestions, but somewhere in there might just be gold. Now next, if you want your name to appeal to a certain type of client, survey your ideal audience. If you're already on social media in some way, ask for suggestions from your friends and followers. If you already have a following because of your business, then even better, ask your clients you already have. They'll feel so much more connected to your business when it opens if they've had a hand in naming it. Remember, we're focusing on generating a list of ideas here. So any suggestions will be useful, even if they're really bad and you discount them all straight away. Now, another option is to start with a logo. You might be a more visually creative person. You might not have an idea for a name, but you might have some sort of logo or image or a selection of logos, colors, or images in mind. Sketch these out, hang them up on a wall where you can see them. Just seeing the image might shake some ideas or something loose for you. Now, another option, of course, is to consider using your own name. Now, this is certainly a way to personalize your offering and to make it unique. However, it can feel a little strange To be you and your business. It will help you if your name is a little unusual, which will make it more memorable. However, if your name is too unusual and difficult to spell or pronounce, then it might not quite work. Either way, add it to your list for now. We can evaluate it later. Now, the next place to look for ideas is your location. Another great way to personalize your business is to name it after where you're based. Mary Portis, who's also known as the Queen of Shops, named one of her most successful ventures simply. 32 London Road. This is ideal. It's simple, it's memorable and it has the additional benefit of meaning people know exactly where you're located. Just do be aware this might cause you a bit of a headache if you need to relocate in the future. Consider instead using a more general location in your name, maybe your town or your suburb. This gives you more options while still helping potential customers know whereabouts you're located. Now another great place to look is online. There are things online called business name generators and if you're really stuck for ideas these could be a good place to start. Now you're unlikely to find your dream business name on here because they do give out some sort of generic um, options but it could knock an idea loose from your own mind. Now I'll put a list of some of these online name generators in the show notes for this episode which you can find at beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 16 but One of the better and the easy ones to find is simply the Shopify business name generator. Go and Google it. Once you have a decent sized list of options, it's time to think about some of the practicalities involved in selecting a business name. These are the do's and don'ts of business names, AKA something you just might not have thought about. Okay, now I've given you a bunch of things to do and places to go for ideas to create your list of names. There are a couple of things to bear in mind when putting together your more focused shortlist for names before we get to the evaluation stage. Now your salon's name is gonna be the first thing that your potential clients see or hear about you. You want it to stand out and be memorable. Therefore, you want it to be special and if at all possible, unique. You could do this by creating an unusual way of spelling a word of your name. Now there's a gym near where I live called Motivate. However, the name is actually spelt M-O-T-V and then the number eight. While this is certainly unique, I literally had to stand and look at the name for a good few seconds before I got it. For the first few seconds, I couldn't see why MOT-V8 was a good name. It sounded more like a place to take your car for a service. Think about this in practical terms. How is someone supposed to recommend a business to someone if they've no idea what the actual name is? So having a unique name is a bit of a double-edged sword. Sure, it's unique and you may stand out, but if people don't really know what your name is, if they can't pronounce it or spell it, then this could cause problems. Now, to give you a real-life example, using my own experience, the first business I ever created was a consultancy company called Virtuosity. Actually, Virtuosity Solutions Limited. I thought long and hard to come up with the name. It was unusual, it was intriguing, I thought it was inspiring, and it also left options open in case I wanted to diversify in the future. I even had a friend of a friend design me a really cool logo. The problem is, no one knows how to spell it. When I'm on the phone and I give people my email address, I would always have to spell it several times and then have them read it back to me to make sure they got it right. Giving out my website address, I'd have to write it down for people. I still like the name, but if I knew then what I know now, I think I'd have picked a different one that was a bit more familiar for people and easier to spell. Now, another thing you want to bear in mind for any name you consider is that of trademark infringement. This is a big, potentially scary legal minefield, and I'm not even going to pretend to be an expert in it. As with anything like this, you should seek proper legal advice if you're unsure. The safest thing to do is steer clear of any name that is already being used by another beauty related business in your area. And definitely do not try to copy or imitate another brand. It's easy to think that as a smaller independent business, no one will mind. But I've heard of many cases of smaller salons and spas receiving solicitors letters, ordering them to change their name or face legal action consider yourself warned. Next let's look at how to get some feedback on your options and also talk a little bit about the problem with feedback. Now once you've got your list of possible names whether you've stuck with a big long list or you've whittled it down to just a short list of five to twenty names you're probably going to want to run the names past some trusted friends family or colleagues maybe even some clients to see what they think but there are a couple of problems a couple of things I need to warn you about here. First of all, think about your target audience. It's totally understandable that you want feedback on your ideas for your new business name. And who better than to use the people you know? However, these people have two potential flaws when it comes to giving you useful feedback. Number one is to consider whether your friends, family and colleagues are in fact your target audience. While it's important that the name you choose appeals to you, it's probably more important that it appeals to your target market. So if your friends and family and colleagues are not 20 to 30 somethings working in the city and looking for express treatments to revive and revitalise them, and that is who you intend to attract to your business, then their opinions might not necessarily be the ones you were looking for. Now the second problem is that these people know and like you too. If you go to them with a name that you're clearly excited about, these people are less likely to give you honest opinion as they won't want to hurt your feelings. Now, another thing to think about when it comes to asking people and getting feedback is vagueness. Feedback on your ideas for business names from people you know can sometimes be a little bit vague. Again, this might be because they don't want to hurt your feelings and give you negative feedback. So they just get out of it by saying something like, hmm, I don't know, it sounds okay. Or yeah, that sounds really nice when you weren't really aiming for nice or even, yeah, it's sort of, I don't know, whilst waving their hands around in the air. You know what I mean. Vague people, not helpful. What you need is some sort of objective method of evaluating your list of names. A tool or exercise that will put each name through its paces, making you think about each one in different ways and finally give you a winner. Introducing the Salon Business Name Evaluator. Now, Igor International, which is a very large and successful branding agency, have a resource available which covers 10 categories to help evaluate any business name. Feel free to go and read it. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But I should warn you, the short version is 28 pages long and the full version is 122 pages long. But I have read it, even the long version, and I've borrowed some of their criteria, combined them with my own, updated them and tailored them specifically to the health and beauty industry. And I've ended up with a definitive nine evaluation criteria and condensed this all into a handy one-page evaluation tool. To grab your copy of the Salon Business Name Evaluator for free, go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash salon names and you can download a copy right there. If you want to do that right now, we'll wait for you for a few seconds or you can go and grab a copy later. There's a link in the show notes and on the podcast episode description. but. Let's give you a few seconds right now in case you want to go and grab a copy. Okay, so whether you have a copy in front of you and you want to work as we go, or you're just listening and you'll come back to it later, let's run through the nine evaluation criteria. Quick note here, I have deliberately not included any examples in this section. I've done this on purpose because when I've done this exercise in a workshop environment and used examples, all people in the group can think about is my example names or variations of my examples. I want you to use your own examples. So, when listening to each criteria, which I admit do sound a bit abstract on their own, think about your own proposed name or list of options of names against what I'm saying. This will make much more sense as we go through, trust me. So right at the start, criteria number one is appearance. Put simply, how does the name look? Whether it's on your signage, on your stationery, written on documents, in an advert, in an article, etc. The name will always be seen in a different context, but the hope is it will be seen. So looks are important. Things that might help here are Visual cues such as alliterations or symmetry of words or letters and the number of letters in words and the words in the name. Consider how often you might have to write the name of your business. As a business owner myself, trust me when I say this is going to be a lot. So if you are not a swift writer, then my advice is to keep it brief. As a general rule, shorter names are easier to handle, easier to remember, and easier to recommend to people than long, wordy names. Now, the second criteria is sound. Just as much as you want your name to be seen, you also want it to be heard. It isn't always going to be you saying the name of your business either. Imagine it being said on the radio by friends over a coffee or at an award ceremony where you're up for the best new business category or at a trade show. You're going to be introducing yourself quite a lot to people as Adam from insert your business name here. So practice this a few times consider how straightforward it is to communicate easily from one person to another to enable word-of-mouth promotion. This is the mistake I made with the name of my company, Virtuosity Solutions Limited. To save you from falling into the same trap, try this. Imagine you're on the phone to someone and your signal isn't great. Would you be able to communicate the name easily over a poor line or would you, like me, have to give up and call back later? Now, the third criteria is distinctiveness. It's a tricky one to quantify this, but how different is your name to any competition or related business? Distinctiveness is one aspect of making a name memorable. Distinctiveness is great. Memorable is better. Ideally, your name will be relevant to your business in some way, helping it to be memorable, but not easily confused with another business, whether in your industry or out of it. There is, of course, the legal issue here as well. If you name your business something too similar to another competitor in your marketplace, then, as I said before, you could get in trouble for trademark infringement. So please do be careful and bear this in mind. Number four is positioning. Now, this has a twofold meaning. Firstly, how relevant to what you do is your name? It doesn't have to be immediately obvious, but if someone heard your name and then what you do, the two should make some sort of sense together. Secondly, where would your name position you in lists? Picture this. I get out my iPhone, I open up Google and I search for beauty salons in Manchester. It's going to give me a list of pages to go to and maybe some options. Both the pages to go to and the options will have to be in some sort of order. Now, Google is getting cleverer and cleverer and using reviews to help sort the order of business listings. But failing this, most lists are usually alphabetical. So if you're a new business looking to attract clients who might be looking at an alphabetical list of salons in your area, would you rather be Ageless Beauty or Zara's Day Spa? Just something to think about. Now at number five is depth. Here is where you can get into the more touchy-feely elements of your name. How much depth a name has could be viewed in a number of ways. Does it have layer upon layer of meanings? Is it clever with multiple, ideally positive, connotations? Could it be used in a number of ways it's tricky to evaluate this but it's worth just thinking about now number six on our list of evaluation criteria is feel now as much as it is possible to quantify what sort of feel does the name have this is possibly more important in the hair health and beauty industry than in any other people attach a lot of value to feelings these days when it comes to making a consumer choice And when visiting any sort of business designed to help them look or feel better, then how a business name makes them feel is going to be super important. Does your chosen name have a welcoming warmth about it, a feeling of positivity? How does the name make someone feel and does this fit with the image for your business and your ideal client type? Now, Number seven is energy. How vital and lively is the name? Now, just like criteria number six, feel, this is a difficult one to explain until you actually have a name option to put it up against. Does it have a buzz about it, an effervescence, maybe a sense of intrigue? Can you imagine it supporting a marketing campaign? If you heard the name on its own, maybe out of context, would you automatically want to know more about it? Does it have an air of curiosity? Tricky one again, but something you need to think about. Now, next up, we have the X Factor. Nope, no singing involved. But does the name have that something special about it? Something aside from the feel or the energy or the depth? Can you see people gossiping about it around the coffee machine at work or over a drink in a bar? Hey, have you heard about the new, insert your name here, business on the high street? The X Factor is going to be completely different in every case. But if you find it, then it can be promotional gold. Now, I'm going to give a shout out here to a salon owned by a reader of mine, someone who came to one of my live presentations recently. Now, this is a gents hair salon catering to a time poor, cash rich city executive, and they are called Hair Force One. Now, this is named after the president of the United States plane, Air Force One. Now, maybe it's just that I'm a fan of the West Wing TV series, but I love this. It might be a tiny bit cheesy, but I love it and I'll certainly never forget it. Now, finally, the ninth criteria, which is a totally practical one, but one that is crucially important in today's online world is that of domain availability. Possibly even more important than trademark availability for most small businesses is that of domain availability. And by this, I mean your web address, the name of your website. Let's face it, this internet thing isn't going away. So if you want to get found in the real world, you're going to need a virtual storefront on the internet as well. Now, whilst it isn't essential, it makes life easier if you can grab the name of your salon as the domain name of your website. There is still some debate over this, but if at all possible, make sure you grab the com version of your name as it's viewed by both Google and people as a signifier of importance. There are loads and loads and loads of com alternatives more than ever before these days. But if I were you, I'd aim for the com version. So that's a quick overview of the nine evaluation criteria. Your name doesn't necessarily have to score highly for each criteria. It's simply a way of evaluating your options in some sort of strategic fashion, and it allows you to think of each name from several different angles. Now, it's time to start evaluating your name shortlist. Remember, you can grab a copy of the worksheet and the instructions from beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash salon names but for now here is a quick run through just use your imagination if you haven't got a copy in front of you so how to use the salon business name evaluator first of all write all your shortlisted business names on the sheet on the left hand column next score the names in each category zero for poor five for excellent or one to four for anywhere in between you'll have to go with your gut feeling on this Don't think about your score too hard. Just go with your gut. Don't take any more than five seconds for each score. Your instinct is your best friend at this point. Now, next up, you want to add up all the scores and total them at the end of each row to see which name performed the best. Now, if you want to, and I do advise this, give the sheet with the names but without the scores to a few trusted friends, colleagues or clients to get their feedback to compare with your own. Once you have all this information, see which name scored best overall. This is your technical winner. It doesn't necessarily have to be the one you choose. Usually, if you had a decent list, then in my experience, there are usually two or three names that sit at the top of the scores and you can choose whichever one of those that you just like the best. However, if there is one name that's head and shoulders above all the others, then you'd be daft not to go with that one. And the final step is to go forth, start your amazing new salon business, build an empire and make your fortune. When you get there, maybe drop me an email or leave a comment or a view for this podcast episode. I'd really appreciate it. So my advice to you is to go download the Salon Business Name Evaluator now. Run your ideas through it and get moving. Now, I'd love to hear from you and the names you choose using this episode and the Salon Business Name Evaluator. Please leave a comment in the comment section on the show notes page, which you can find at www.beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 16 with the name you decided on, and a link to your Facebook or Twitter page. And in return, I will personally visit your online and give you a like or a follow, maybe even a shout out on social media too. Thanks for listening along today. I know how busy you all are and how precious time can be, so I really do appreciate you taking the time to listen to the show. I know I always ask, but if you have found value at all in today's episode, can I please ask you to leave a review on iTunes. You can do this on your phone, on your iPad or on your computer. And it really helps me to know that I'm delivering the information that you need. Plus it helps other beauty business owners find the show and learn how to build the salon business they dream of too. I might even read your review out on a future episode. So make it positive and don't be afraid to bring your own personality and a bit of fun too now in next week's episode now that we are getting back into the swing of things after the summer holidays the kids are all back at school and there are some big beauty conferences and events coming up both in the us and in the uk and probably wherever you're listening from too some people love them some people hate them but these events are a great place to find out about new techniques new trends and new products to meet other salon owners and suppliers to network and generally to get all pumped up and excited and ready to own the second half of the year in your business. The thing is that these events, even if they're only for a day, cost money and time to go to. There isn't just the cost of the event itself. There's usually travel, possibly accommodation. and Maybe you want to take your whole team along too and that might mean closing your business down for a few days and losing that revenue. So you want to make sure you get the absolute maximum benefit from these events. And that's exactly what next episode is all about. It's called how to get the most out of your next event or conference, and it will be available in a week today on the 13th of September. So make sure you check it out. That's it. Have a fantastic rest of your day and rest of your week. I'll speak to you again in just a few days time. Bye for now. wrong that I enjoy this so much? Right. Better get on with some work now.